Um, I'm going to try like a pre-podcast ritual thing. Like I put on a, a song before to like warm up. Oh. I don't know if it's having good effects or bad effects, but like it was, it was cool to get like pumped for it, like a sporting event. It was fun. Oh, cool. So you do like, like I... jams. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Mortal Kombat theme song, yeah, sir. It's on the Jock Jam CD because they played jo- some form of Mortal Kombat, whether it's the recording or a marching band playing an arrangement of it at football games and stuff like that. <laughs> another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere my name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the ghost of tim gerard past present and future motherfucker (laughs) merry christmas it's february (laughs) merry christmas bitch (laughs) (laughs) i want to see the uh what is it? Silent Night, Violent Night, the the oh, one yeah. with Leguizamo, and it's it's uh, <laughs> Home Alone and Die Hard, but with Santa. <laughs> what is yeah, that, it was, that was a David Harbor plays Santa. Yeah, yeah. Hellboy plays Santa. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's trading in his horns for a big jolly belly, <laughs> weighing. <laughs> I think it's great. Like I, I can't remember a thing he was ever in before. Um, Stranger things. things. Maybe he was. I just didn't recognize him. But like, I feel like he's 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 a pretty old dude, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Stranger Things, and now he's in like he's all over the place. He's like he's in part of the Marvel universe now. You know, he's he's part of the DC universe doing Hellboy. He's Santa Claus. You know, it's like good he's for going him. all over the shop too. He's yeah. it's not like he's being pigeonholed or anything. The the thing that I remember him being and it was, I think it's no, it, it's a sequel to because Quantum of Solace that he's oh, in, in that? Oh. he's like one of the crooked cia folks in that one hmm. so it's like just a nothing part he's kind of invisible in it and then stranger things he's got just huge arc in this huge character like i still i haven't seen that hellboy either i need to see that i like him like every time he's on screen like i enjoy watching him do stuff you know yeah i can't remember if i saw the hellboy he was in or not i feel like i did but i don't remember it did you see they are going to do a Hellboy video game and it's no. going to be cell shaded animation in like the Mignola style. It's going to be oh, the wow. comic book style. That's cool. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> I really want to play that now. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I, you, I almost feel like that should have happened earlier. Like after Wind Waker, when it's like, you know, I feel like people complained about Wind Waker because, oh, it looks like a cartoon. But then it's like, well, wait a minute. You get to control a cartoon you know? And like, I, I feel like that should have been the next step in that evolution. Like, well, let's take that technology and yeah, recreate. Well, I guess there was one of the, um, one of the, I think it was like the ultimate Spider-Man video game where I think mm-hmm. they did that, where it looked like Mark Bagley's like art oh, style. Cool. And they did like from the comics and stuff like that. So yeah, but that, and that was really fun and really cool. Cause like, yeah, you're playing 
a video game adaptation of a comic book and it looked like the comic book, you know? Right. That's something I like so much about Cuphead and I bought that again. Mm. The, the problem with the Switch, and this is from an earlier discussion, listeners, this might all make it in, it might not. It's all content. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Greek to us. It's all content to them. <laughs> but like... The problem with the Switch is it's the most throwable console, and Cuphead makes you want to throw a controller like no other. <laughs> oh God, I, I will not get one of those then because so many times I, I don't. You, you would you'll, you'll probably be surprised by this. Like I, I, I know I was surprised. We'll be sitting there watching TV, and Chris is like, "Do you ever just want to huck the remote at the TV?" And I'm like, "No, like, all, I don't want to do that." Second of all, don't you do that? Like you're going to break two things. Like. <laughs> Casey has a destructive streak in her, and it's like, don't break our shit. <laughs> just got the TV. Money, we can't just buy new shit. <laughs> here's a calculator. Throw this. Yeah. Here, here's the the landline. We don't use. <laughs> yeah. Here's a cat toy. Throw this. They'll chase it. It'll be fun. You know? There was one time too. She was like joking. She was like had the remote in her hand, and she's like, oh, like she's gonna throw. It. I was like, don't throw it at the TV. And she like threw it on the couch. And it bounced off the couch and then fell on the floor behind the couch. <laughs> it was like, God. <laughs> it's like you did this with your mind. <laughs> That's where the calculation starts. If I throw it at the couch at this yeah. angle, it'll bounce off that drum in the singing bowl in the closet yeah. and it'll hit the TV and it won't be my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you're thinking. It wasn't my fault. I threw it on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> the couch okay. took yeah. action. <laughs> some, some sort of crazy bullseye shit where it's like, oh, it's going to ricochet off this and bounce over there and hit you in the trachea and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe not two topics enter insanity. Sanity's gone, listeners. If I left in any of the last 25 minutes of conversation, <laughs> it's got long gone. I, I brought something, and Tim might bring something later if this doesn't stretch. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have... This is a um, apocalyptic scenario thought experiment. Ooh, okay. I like those. <laughs> so, I sometimes uh, have those of my own. An apocotopics topic, if you Apoco-taco. will. <laughs> <laughs> what, I think from Bob's Burgers, there's Opaco tips for the apocalypse. <laughs> so I was thinking like it would be fun to talk about like just what you would do in X scenario. And I've got three like po- post-apocalyptic scenarios. And I was thinking like what we would do like in the first day, what kind of supplies mm-hmm. would we gather? What would be our weapon of choice? What would be our goals? And that kind of just like, stuff like i have a a writing project that's about kind of one of these and i hadn't i kept it really close to the set like the vest i haven't let anybody read or really talked about it to anybody because it's one of those things where it's like i finally was writing something and i wasn't making a big deal about it and it was just for me and i didn't like want to proliferate it but like i think it it would be I've, i've hit some walls with it and i think it'd be interesting to talk about like Hmm. how to think in the post-apocalyptic space. Right. Uh, so I thought that would be fun. So um, the first scenario is uh, like the last human on earth scenario. Ooh. So I, I think the, the fun of these for me is always like, I'm not fighting, but like we, I want to talk about like a, maybe I'll just list all the three scenarios I was thinking of and we can add more or whatever. Sure. So first last man on earth, um, second is Mad Max slash zombies slash alien invasion type thing. So like 
So that's, <laughs> that's a lot, but like just the idea of like kind of a eat or be eaten that maybe that's the category is eat or be eaten apocalypse eaten verse. And then um, like just starting to rebuild society. So maybe a post eat or be eaten universe, like you've come to the end of that thing. Mm-hmm. And what do you pri- So you've got a group of people like you're rebuilding society. This is also like thought experiment, hoping that, <laughs> the capitalist bullshit nightmare is not the only option and like think what would what would we do how would we prioritize what would we think because i i was reading a uh, there's a planet of the apes short story collection that i found and they have this it's great these like little pockets of that universe and they talk about like baboons and like monkeys who developed into like the ape size and mm-hmm. kind of the xenophobia of the apes and just kind of like how how those societies are building and Planet of the Apes I really like because it's bizarre and it's twisted and it's sci-fi, but it's also really interesting to see like a different species made a society and how they interact with the humans is very kind of like religious oligarchy and very like very xenophobic in that so like just trying to think like what leads to that how do you avert that especially with different technology i guess and then maybe the fourth one was emp so tomorrow the lights out no technology <laughs> so <laughs> tim this is the uh, catastrophizing episode is this is this going to be fun or is it going to be stressful <laughs> no it's going to be fun because i mean like to me it's i mean i i spend a lot of time not not so much recently, but I used to spend a ton of time thinking about the end of the world. And um, for a while, there was a, a point in time where my perspective was that the tragedy of my life is that I won't live to see the end of the world. Because, right. like, I feel like, I don't know, I've, I've been obsessed with it since I was a kid in many different forms. Like, like the book of Revelation is the only book of the Bible where I've read the entire thing. That and maybe my my namesake one. Cause it's three fucking pages long and just about oh, yeah. locusts. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read the book of Timothy. I think there's two in there. Two more. I mean, but I read, even like with Genesis, like Genesis is one of my other favorite ones. Cause it's got a ton of like, it's the story. Mythology. Yeah. But like, I haven't read the whole thing. Cause once you get right. past like the Adam and Eve stuff, then it gets into like, I think Moses that... and, the, all, and it's just like so much, but like with revelation, I read that thing all the way through and I'm like, this is, this is fucking cool. Um, but um, yeah, so so the idea of the the end of the world has definitely worked its way into my brain since I was younger. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm interested, like the fiction, you know, whether it be sci-fi or fantasy, you know, like I like how they deal with end of the world stuff. And um, it, it's funny too because Crystal always bring up like with with Marvel movies how it's like, oh, in every movie the world is going to end, but they have to stop. Like, there's no sort of like middle ground of like, oh, here's a mild catastrophe that's happening it's always like the worst fucking thing and having to up that ante um so anyway so i think that that kind of thing also i feel like in those scenarios there's there is this this sense of there's a person i've become which is the 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 core of me but how i've had to grow up in the world that i am in and I'm interested to see who I would be in a completely different world. Exactly. Because so much of who I am is based on who I've had to become to survive. Like, you know, in terms of survival of the fittest, well, in this society, the fittest is defined by who has money and who can make money, not any actual, like, 
you know, and I mean, I mean, you know, if you look at the natural world, it usually has to do with physical strength, you know, and, and I always hoped, you know, when I was younger and first started learning about evolution and things like that, I, I had assumed because I was young and stupid, I guess, that, that intelligence would be something that makes you fit and able to decide to, to survive, but only in as so far as that intelligence can, t- can make you money. You know, like, you know, um, and, 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 you know, sometimes that works out like Stephen Hawking, I'm assuming he lived pretty well because like, you know, wrote a ton of books and he was like the authority, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, how many other like astrophysicists are there that are, you know, maybe they're the second or third best astrophysicist in the world and they're making $20,000 a year doing whatever dumb thing they're doing, you know, because they're, you know, just less smart, you know, so it's not like all the people who are this smart are all the most successful people in the world and everyone who's, you know, dumb are the people who are failing or whatever. It's like, you know, this weird mixed bag of, you know, something about you gets you to the top, you know, somehow. Um, but anyway, so yeah, just to kind of, yeah, to kind of like, you know, remove all that, reset all that, you know, who, who would I be if I didn't have to be so focused on the things I need to be to survive in this world, you know? Um, and, and, you know, some of that has to do with like me artistically, you know, but some of it is also just like, yeah, like the survival aspect, like what, what could I do or what, what, could I do to survive when I didn't have to want to devote my time, like making money, you know, mm. um, you know, and, and, you know, in the fact that, you know, I feel like some people will try to give you t- say that you have that option, like, Oh, you could live off the grid or whatever. And it's like, like, no, you can't because everywhere is owned by somebody. And you, you mm. know, even if you go live in the woods somewhere, someone finds you, they're going to be like, Hey man, you can't just live in these woods. Cause they're owned by whether it's a person or the state or some sort of wildlife refuge or whatever, you can't just live in the woods. You know, you've got to pay somebody something, you know, you, or you, you've got to buy that land from somebody, you know? Um, so like, you know, if we, if we did like actually like, you know, level that playing field, and it's like, here's the new world. Here's what you have to do. So, so yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I think that's fun. I like, I like thinking of that. I like digging into my psyche and being like, what, what could I do in order to survive? You know, like how far could I go with certain things? And so, yeah, let's do it. Sweet. And I'm thinking like, we, we can also discuss like the psychological piece of it too. Cause like there, there's, I don't know, like it's fun to think about, but it's also like, trauma and how it would actually be and like it, it's fun like i don't know i don't know why i'm thinking i have to say that. <laughs> like the, the trauma is given just in right. everything today. you don't have Let's to say, say there will be trauma it's 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 accepted it's <laughs> being alive is trauma the context is trauma there's no need to footnote it right <laughs> this is the signal <laughs> okay um so last last human on earth. So that what I really like about that one is because I think what, what bothers me most, the, the, the stories that I find the most scary are stories like, um, like walking dead. And what I love about walking dead is the the catchphrase. I always say this fight the dead, fear the living. The biggest threat in the walking dead universe is not the zombies. It's fucking it's assholes who are like, Oh, I'm going to take advantage of this and try to screw everybody over and become the new sort of world leader. You know, it's, it's the, the Negans of the world and the governors of the world, not, you know, and, and, you know, whereas if more people were like Rick Grimes and like, Hey, I just want to help my group of people survive. 
and wasn't out to fuck everybody else over so that you could be in charge of everybody, then it would be cool. So I like that idea of last person alive because I don't, I don't have to be afraid of people, you know, there would definitely be like somewhat of an element of that. Um, uh, the, um, time enough at last the, the twilight zone episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and like that, I would probably break my fucking glasses. just like that guy did and <laughs> be fucked. So, so that's kind of one of the things that I would worry about in that scenario is like things like, you know, you know, and we talked about survival of the fittest. That's definitely something I've been aware of that like, in the natural world, I wouldn't survive because I can't see without glasses. You know, if, if, you know, if we're kind of reduced to that basic, you know, animalistic without being able to use technology and money to buy the technology to kind of make up for whatever, um, for lack of a better term, handicap, you know, like, Mm. you know, the fact that I, you know, can't see as well as people can without glasses. Like I need, you know, you know, a device in order to see normally, you know? So if, if I lived in a world where that wasn't possible, like I would kind of be fucked in that sense. I'd, you know, be able to be eaten by an, by some sort of animal because I can't see it coming, (laughs) you know? Um, Well, I guess that's the thing. Like I, the way I'm picturing this is like, they just disappear. I've always thought of like that scenario, how eerie and scary, like not that something massive happened and devastated the earth, just like humanity disappeared. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just so that my collector brain could be like, cry for a while, bury, like have a, mm-hmm. a significant, like uh, um, um, representative graves grieve, but then go mm-hmm. collect shit and then get sick of that and drive yourself crazy. And like, so I, I like, and I also think like, I try not to think about like nuclear reactors and stuff. But every time, every time it comes up, it's like, who is keeping the rods cold so I don't die of nuclear winter? Yeah. (laughs) But I guess, so like, are you picturing like meteor and last person, like society has crumbled and then it's from that, that perspective, I guess in terms of like last man on earth, what, what is it? What's the world that you're picturing? I don't know. Like, yeah. Cause I hadn't, I guess I hadn't thought, I mean, it could be like that, uh, that episode of Benson from decades ago where like, uh, it was like some dream that one of the characters had. I don't probably most people won't remember what the hell I'm talking about, but, um, yeah, like where I think there were two people left on earth because they were in like the cellar and like a comet flew by and it was like too close to the planet and like disintegrated everybody except for these two people who were like in a basement or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I guess if the rest of the world was left as it is, where all those resources are there, you know, that would definitely make things easier. You know, it's like if I could, I mean, not that infinitely, you know, stores would be running and, you know, like grocery stores and the milk would stay cold forever. But like, at least for a while, it's like, okay, there's food that I can go get, you know, yeah. And if I'm not trying to avoid zombies in the meantime, like that does make it easier, you know, where it's like, okay, I'm going to you know, set up with, get myself set up so that I can be okay here for a long time. I mean, I think it's, I think the coolest thing about that story and, you know, I guess the, the, or one, one core aspect of the metaphor is, you know, really thinking about what, what life is and what life means to you and what you would do with life. And, you know, again, yeah, how much of your life as it is, is, dictated by other people and how you're kind of adjusting to other people, whether, whether it's the, you know, the dumb world that you don't agree with or, you know, people close to you who, you know, you, you, you know, you, you want to have good relationship with. So you kind of, you know, make compromises here and there. Um, 
So to just really kind of see like, yeah, there's no one I have to prove anything to, no, no one I have to kind of be accepted by, like, what do I do with my time? Um, it'd be, it'd also be interesting to see, I guess, like what, how, what role electricity still plays? Like, yeah. Like know. what grid. And that that's the thing. I feel like I'd spend a lot of like, a lot of time at the library, like under, like I would, the first thing I, well, I think about this a lot is like frozen food. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do I make a cooler that's going to keep stuff that doesn't need, or if I need a generator, like, and that's yeah. the thing, like the carbon footprint is one. Right. So if I have all of the cars and all of the gasoline left, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I could line cars up and do Kurt Cobain or uh, Kurt. What's the dude? Fucking the um, evil Knievel. <laughs> Kurt Knievel. I don't know why. <laughs> There's a lot his of brother kids. Kurt Knievel. His other <laughs> brother's Bill Knievel. <laughs> Jeff Knievel. Abe Knievel. B Knievel. C Knievel. <laughs> evil <laughs> we'll call him evil <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing is like okay do you use a generator mm. and then like keeping yourself i i i don't know i mad did a lot of think about this like if i lived where we lived in denver like where would i go what would i do where, what what would and that's the thing like i felt like you would do a bunch of grieving and then trying to figure out, okay, I need to eat. How do I, and that's the thing, like things will go bad at different times. And like at certain point you'll get out of manufactured products, you know, mm-hmm. and then you would have to be like, okay, do we garden? Do we find, cause that's the thing, a lot of like irrigation and stuff. I feel like you'd have to really understand how a lot of systems work, or at least have a big stockpile for when stuff goes bad, but you would, you I don't know. I feel like the rationing starts, but also you're the only person on earth. So it's, you're not going to run out of stuff. It might go bad before you run out right. of it, but just like the, the quest for the Twinkie in zombie land, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, you know, like what, it's like, I got to get all the DiGiorno frozen pizzas that I can and put them in and find a way to do it over a stone mm. fire. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that's what I would do. I wouldn't even go and make something in like a pizzeria. I'd yeah. want... <laughs> that's a that's a good point too because in in this scenario i would probably go back to eating meat only because i could i would be eating all the stuff that's already there right and it's not like you know the 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 whole meat industry is done so it's not about like oh no like what are we doing to the poor cows it's like the cows that are already dead are already dead and the ones that are still alive like i'm not going to kill them Right. You know, and, and, and kind of you, treat you them the way keep, they're treated, you know. You salt it. Like there's, and that's the thing I would have to learn all of this stuff. I'd mm-hmm. go back to. Yeah. Like, like your point stuff. about going to the library first, you had to learn all that stuff to be able to do the things you need to do. Cause that's the thing, like depending on the time period. And that's the thing, like, where would you go like to settle? Cause you, that's the mm-hmm. other thing is like figuring out, okay, warmth, food and shelter, right. Are considerations after grief. And that's like, you have no community. You're dealing with all of those things. But it's like, okay, food and water and shelter. And then, okay, do we need electricity? What would we use it for? Would we be on the internet? Would the internet exist without people maintaining it? I don't I don't know. Mm. And, like, I'm sure they can move the satellites to get out of the way of, like, meteorites and stuff. So, event, like, I don't know. There'd be a lot of interesting, like, something fell to Earth. I have no idea what that was. Go and investigate it, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, 
And then like searching, like, I don't know at what point I would believe I was the last person alive. I feel like I would mm. be searching constantly and yeah. hope it. Cause like, I feel like that's part of what you would feel is like, okay, it doesn't matter how far, like, and then it's like, okay, how do you cross the ocean? Do you even bother? Like, is that something that you can survive on your own with no, yeah, I would not, <laughs> you know, like, unless you had something like, stupid easy to navigate and enough food i don't know like that that would be and would you ever believe you were the like you might have domain over north america but you're not checking every inch of everything so that part of it was and yeah. there's the what i watched last man standing which is the um uh guy from snl who plays the older brother with the mustache on great north oh uh will forte yeah macgyver Will Forte. Oh, yeah. So it's a series of him being the last, and he he's like, I'm not going to do the castaway thing, and then makes a bunch of the fucking like little balls to talk to, and then they what what frustrates me about that show is they abandon the one person alone within one episode, and that really bugs me. Like I feel like it, it if you're going to do that concept and call it Last Man Standing, it needs to, or Last Man on Earth. Yeah. So that that. Can, like the psychological implications, like how do you, do you talk to yourself? Are you like interacting with like, and it'd be weird. Like you, you, you see stuff out of the corner of your eyes in real life all the time. Like, I feel like you would cut like being alone or you would get used to it after something and then something would surprise you and scare you. Like, I don't know. And like how you would deal with like getting hurt and medicine and all of that stuff. Like it, it, it really, it really shrinks it down to like, there's all of this stuff, but what do we have access to with knowledge? What, what do we need to survive Mm -hmm. and how much of that is taken? It's like automated or taken like people do stuff and stuff works. And a lot of it, I don't have to touch at all, but when all of that goes away, what, how much do I have to learn to learn to turn the light on again? Right. You know, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably, well, I actually had another question too. Is that like, are animals still alive? Is it just humans who are gone? That's the thing. I, I, I've thought about it in both instances and like it, the eeriness of like no other life is, mm-hmm. is one thing. And then you, you really have to kind of lean into preserve all that you have. And like, that's also like, what would be the reason if there was like a great plague that wiped everything out life-wise mm-hmm. or just affected humans. But right. um, yeah, with, like yeah i guess with a pet that would help like you just rescue all the animals (laughs) you know and then like they're just have i don't know like that's actually interesting like if you go into a different ecosystem with the animals like and where where do animals start taking back territory and how to interact with that so like the animal piece is really interesting like how to interact because because then the food chain is different Mm. you know yeah yeah so to what degree would there be like other other animals starting to encroach on where humans have dominated for so long mm-hmm. and how to deal with that you know and yeah so it's it's, it's yeah it's not a not just about um you know living as a human and trying to retain the way you used to live it's also having to possibly deal with another apex predator now you know and that type of thing so yeah i think that would be That'd be interesting, especially in a place like Colorado, because I feel like there are probably more wild animals closer by than in some other places, you know, 
That's also like for, for the other scenarios, like where, where would you go? I definitely think mountains. Like I want to be on top of somewhere where I can see a long distance in all the directions. Like if I'm trying to like shore up and like build a fortress and like hole mm. up and have, feel safe. Like I definitely have, I don't know if it's because I've lived in Colorado, but I, or I've just saw uh, two towers too early in my life. Uh, the way to defend yourself is a big mountain and a big <laughs> gate. I mean, I think I'd want to find a house that was like, first of all, that had a fireplace. Yeah. So that, you know, that's how I could kind of stay warm. Um, and then also kind of big enough to like, you know, I probably would want to start kind of accumulating some things, you know, some supplies, like, you know, non-perishable stuff, you know? So it's yeah. like, I could have like a bedroom in this bigger house that's devoted to like bottled water and peanut butter and like that type of stuff. Yeah. And just gradually be accumulating all that stuff in the meantime, while I'm trying to, yeah, like you said, kind of eat all the frozen stuff before it goes bad, you know, that, that type of stuff. Um, and just kind of stockpile. And again, like, that's one of the things, like, if I'm not worried about, Oh, some other person's going to come in and steal all my shit, you know, I can, I can do that and not have to feel like, Oh, I've made myself a target by accumulating all this stuff here. Um, but then, you know, then again, you have to deal with animals. So it's like, yeah, hoping that the animals aren't going to decide, Hey, we're all going to gang up on this house for some reason. I mean, I would assume that to some degree, you know, the animals would leave me alone because they have other animals to prey on. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know that an animal would like zero in on me the way another human would zero in on me where I need to take that guy's shit, you know, right. like an animal, if I was out in their territory, they might be like, all right, you're in my territory. I'm going to eat you because your food right. and your where I don't want you to be. Whereas if I'm like in the middle of the city in a house I don't think they would seek me out specifically when they have plenty of food elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, that might be part of it where I think for that reason, I wouldn't want to live too much in like the wilderness. Um, cause you know, even think about it. Like if you're trying to gather supplies, you have to go that much farther right. if you're in isolation. Whereas like, yeah, maybe I would want to live like in the city and like take over a whole like tower, you know, and be like, that's the thing this like, is, you know, it, there's, there's no ownership anymore. Like it's yeah. all yours, you yeah. know, like, and it, I don't know if this is just like the last vision of the colonizer mindset. It's just like, it'll be just me and all of it. But like that at a certain point, it's like, okay, this is the fortress. Oh, you get to a point not feeling, um, your guard is down and then you're finally like, okay, how do I occupy my time? Nobody's come. There's been no threat. Like when you get to that point, it's just like what I see an epiphany happening. <laughs> my, my OCD would get so much better. Right. Cause there's because no other variable worried about other people's fucking germs all over the place. I'm not worrying about someone else getting piss on their hands and then touching a door handle. Like I can go around and like, I mean, I probably would still, use alcohol wipes to clean to give everything a once over. But then it's like, these are just my germs. Like nothing's right. going to get more germy than it already is. You know? Oh man, that would be, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> you See, know? In, I, I, I think about like, once you get to that place, it's like, okay, at a certain point, the collector brain has to shut down, but not after, not until after I've got every issue of fantastic four, you <laughs> know, like, <laughs> and then like, would I get the the Oval Office desk or like 
a, a T-Rex skull or like the things you would collect or what would be valuable because it's all yours too. Build your own bat cave. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 like the Dawn of the Dead thing, right? The world ends and they're in the, the shopping mall. You know, mm-hmm. I get that's the, the <laughs> one of the best examples of this is is that yeah. kind of like what to do with excess when the, it has no value. It's all been rendered zero because the, yeah. the, there's not, it's, and then like, w- would you travel? How would you travel? Like, and what, what becomes significant? Like there's a, like, if everybody's gone, how do you mourn that? How do you make a monument to that? Do you think about like, I don't know. Like, I guess if you built a character that had as a mission, I guess that's the thing. If you have the mission to save or bring back or or generate more, that's mm-hmm. one aspect of it. But also, like I'm thinking, if you you truly stretch this all the way, is it clear that this is the one that I've thought the most about and the one yeah. I'm writing a story about? <laughs> is this kind of scenario is the, is the veil completely dropped him? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, mean, I think about. There's stages of it. I feel like it yeah. would be a an exercise in grieving and acceptance and then figuring out what has meaning and how to define meaning. I guess we're doing it all the time anyway, is that we all know that there's an end and we have to define meaning within that space. It makes it easier to define meaning when there's community and other humans because I don't <laughs> want to be like that. I don't want to do those things or I want to spend my time with these people. These give me the warmth. This So like without all of that that conversation is just it it pulls it right back and then so what what do you do with the time and my answer is collect all the shit i want to collect and then when i when i have all the stuff i'll finally realize that it's not important and then i'll go through an existential crisis there <laughs> just trying to find something some motivation at the end of the world with nobody else's too so like i that's where i'm trying to feel like and i think i have a pretty good idea of like what you have to have a mission. A mission would be something to define it. And whatever it is, arbitrary, it's, it, 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 in the same way life has to have, if the, the thought of the, the thought experiment of what if life is meaningless? What if life is everything? Well, mm-hmm. if, you still have to breathe and wake up the next day, regardless of which one of those you believe. So it's <laughs> like, if it doesn't mean anything, then you're, then either you you're choosing to live without meaning because it has to come for you. Or if it is, then like, just live, you know, like that kind of, I don't know. That's a lot of yeah. armchair yeah. psychology, but. Well, yeah, especially in that scenario, because no one's telling you what you should be doing with your time, which right. is what our world consists of all the time now is everybody has an idea of what you should be doing with your time. You know, whether it's just a value judgment or, well, you need to eat and you need to pay your bills. Like, you know, everyone's got an idea of what you should be doing in order to make the money you need to survive and, and things like that. So, so yeah, when you remove all that, yeah, I mean, I think I'm still coming back to that same sense of um, really getting to get to the core of yourself, you know, like, which is, you know, that I feel like that's part of the, I mean, that's the whole like Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Every, any, every, you know, at, at its core is that, you know, the whole point of any, every journey, you know, the, the, the metaphor of that is about you getting to know yourself and becoming more the version of you you're supposed to be, you know? So this is just like a hundred percent that there's nothing but yeah. that, journey, you know, there's nothing but like, that is the quest. Like no one's telling you, you need to go here and do this. And I mean, it's, you know, 
yes, you've got to survive, but there are many ways to do that. Like all the options are open. Yeah. Like, do you, do you just go to the grocery stores and, and take all that shit? Do you say, Oh, I'm going to plant a garden. You know I mean? Eventually you're going to start making your own vegetables. Yeah. Cause they're all going to, they're all going to rot eventually. And, um, eventually you'll run out of frozen vegetables, but, but yeah, I feel like in, in that time, like for the first time, ever for anyone, like every decision is a hundred percent your own, you know, not, not influenced by anybody, you know, I mean, yes, it's influenced by like you staying alive and the, you know, the, the ways you, what you'd need to do in order for that to happen, but, but not dictated by other people at, at any level, you know, and I think, you know, I think that would be, and, you know, and like all stories that, you know, I think that's what you should take away from that as, as a person, like, you know, if, if you, yeah, if you write this story and this is the journey, this character goes on, like, I think that's supposed to be the takeaway from the reader is like, what, what would I do in this situation? What would I find importance in? What would I do to try to give my life meaning? What decisions would I make when they're for the first time, completely my own, you know? Yeah. And it's, and, and it, one thing I want to address too, like you brought up the grieving part a lot. And I think for me, and I don't know if I'm a sociopath, but like, I feel like the grieving wouldn't happen till later. Right. Because it'd be survival. Yeah. It'd be survival. But it's also one of the things I've, I've found, you know, since COVID. And I think, you know, this is because of my isolation, but which, which makes me think this is accurate is that, you know, things that have been happening around me are they're 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 they tend to just be information you know because i'm not interacting with people in person for example like a a, a while ago and I, I can't even remember how long it was ago but but my grandfather died and i wasn't able to so, i mean well i i say wasn't able to i'm sure plenty of people out there like oh you, you know corona's a hoax you get on a plane like other people did but you know i remember like thinking like like i know he died but I can't feel it. I can't internalize it yet. And it's not until the next time I go to Rhode Island, when I go to my grandparents' house, he's not there. Like that's when it's going to become a reality. Right. And right now, it, like I said, it's just information. It's, it's exactly. on the, on the, the pile of, of fucking information we've been getting since, I mean, since before, this isn't a Corona thing. Like the internet is just like every fucking minute. Here's information. None of it matters, but here it is. It's in your brain now. Go fuck yourself. You know, like that's, that's what our life has been for years. So, so I think when it first hits, it's going to be information, but, it, and, and also because I think you're, you're in such a different situation. Like I've found that, yeah, like, like it's when you're, you're doing familiar things that are now different than they used to be because this person was there. That's when it really hits you as opposed to if you're trying to do different routines, like, you know, it's like, if you go to start a new job, you know, and I have noticed this in the last few days, like when I've been teaching in a new place, like everything else going on in my life, like shuts off because it's like, I've got to focus on this new thing. Like I forget that I'm out of the house and I'm super uncomfortable being out of the house and, you know, I've got to, you know, and, but so, so I think it wouldn't be until things like either slowed down or I had a minute to think about like, oh, you know, like, cause like, for example, like with me living out here, you know, like I'm sure first I would, you know, I would definitely be aware that, that Chris is not here. So like, but like all of my family and friends back in Rhode Island, 
like that, like I said, that, that I haven't interacted with them in person for so long that that would take a long time for me to really feel the impact of all of that to be like, Oh, Holy shit. All those people are gone because like, I haven't interacted with them. Like I said, it's just been information, you know? And I mean, I know they're people, I'm not saying they're not real people, no, but the way yeah. I've interacted with that has been just like, Oh, you know, if I like, let me list all my friends and family just so I can keep track of them. You know, like it's that kind of thing. Um, and the fact that we're bombarded with so much other information that, you know, we don't have time to think about our actual human relationships, you know, like, unless you're, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. Bo Burnham was in an interview and he was talking about the time and your brain is like the last un. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, and I've it's been I've been eating at me since that. Mm-hmm. It's like the way, the way the monopolizing of my brain and my day and all, like how easy it is, and it like it, that really snapped me out. It, I mean, I feel like we all get entrenched and we try to do better, and we like we slowly get sucked back in and stuff. But like that was really like, oh no, my brain and my thoughts and we're like the time I'm spending on these things, that's the last thing that's being colonized. That's, that's what they're invading. And it it makes me think about the, uh, in city slickers where he's talking about um, selling ad space on the radio. And this Mm -hmm. came up in our movie mumble discussion about uh, Bronson of like, just taking up time and get like selling air. You have to use to sell ad space. Now mm-hmm. ads just appear out of thin air on videos with people. Like it, like it was really, really kind of snapped me out of it a little bit more and made me think more. But what are you putting in the tank? And mm-hmm. what is the? Why is it living in there so much? And why is it in there? Like you know, yeah. all of the information, all of the time, it, it's dizzying. And the reason we we become kind of isolated and introverted and don't want to interact with everybody is because it's all loud. We, you know, it's been loud for such a long time. Yeah. So all of a, that noise to fall away yeah. and only be left with your brain, the quiet and like the true quiet of that. Right. Or mm. I read, uh, there's a book by Michael Crichton called timeline. It's about uh, time travel and like nights and stuff. It's really great. I really liked it. But in that they talk about like true silence. And they talk when they go back in time, there's like 16th century or something. And just mm. in the forest, it's quiet because there's not machines and stuff going on in the background. So there's that level, but nothing's mm-hmm. ever truly quiet when you're in a, a meadow, there's birds and stuff. Right. Insects, but, the, yeah. but, but like the, <laughs> but like the actual, Oh, you said insects. I was like, I thought you just said sex, you know, like just sex oh, yeah. is happening in the woods. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laugh. <laughs> 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 you know the woods where the sex happens yeah <laughs> see that's one of the, the uh myths that we should start when we're building our society from the ground that's what the last scenario is is basically cult leader <laughs> like what right, yeah. if you're re- rebuilding the world in your image <laughs> what are the things but just the idea of like true silence experiencing that and the weight of that and what that means because it's not just the absence of sound. It's what the absence of sound represents to mm-hmm. the last person on earth. And that the deafening quiet of that, like yeah. 
and that's the thing. Like, I feel like we, we use like the, we're a tiny ball in the cold vastness of space as like a great way of like remembering our, our place in the universe. But when it's just you, like, like, I feel like that, that analogy is so much colder and alone yeah. in that scenario, because here it's like, Oh, I could, everybody feels like that. We all feel mm-hmm. small in, in comparison to this greater thing. And that, that, the reconciling that and what we choose to do with that information and where we are as a speck in the universe. Like that is very communally driven. I feel like that's, that's something that like, that would be terrifying. It's like, why would you like, how sad would it be to have a telescope as the last person? Like, you know, like the thing, like all this stuff, I feel like I'm going to do like a Dickensian list of the things that I went through phases or this character. This character is me, obviously. In this book. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't talked about it for such a long time, or I haven't thought about it, and I haven't talked about it with about it with anybody yet. So right. it's like it's a strange thought experiment, kind of dealing with what what are we without it all, and like how gremlin do you go too? Like, there's no societal expectations. Like, are you wearing clothes? Are you spit like? Are you you finding the stack of Playboys and just like I? Because that's the thing. I I really something I really liked about The Martian because that it's essentially an inverse of The Martian. Mm-hmm. He's out there yeah. on a limb with the barest, faintest hope of rescue. But mm-hmm. when he's like to the point of like crushing the Valium into the potatoes, like I thought it was such a great grace note of like yeah, he's really smart and he's doing the mission, but the dude needs to fucking unwind. And yeah. I want to find some sort of middle ground between that and like actually humanity when they have no, nothing to do <laughs> and no expectations. Like how did like, if it gets to that too, like, I don't know that just an interesting, because that's the thing. Do you, you would have to take a break mentally from the apocalypse, right? Like at a certain point, you're like, I have enough food. I don't need to prepare for anything. What do you do? What, and I don't know. Got all yeah. of the whiskey in the world. I've got all of the cigars yeah. in the world. I've got like. Well, and, and I think that's the thing too, is that like, I, I'm sure at some point this would get old, but, but yeah, there, there are just so many things on a day-to-day basis that I feel like I want to do that I don't have time to do. So it, it's, a, you know, for the same reason, like, and I don't know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. But like when I got into the, the Anne Rice vampire novels, mm-hmm. you know, like that was one of the first, at least to me, the first time, like the, the uh, vampires were sort of romanticized as being like, you know, this appealing thing, right, not right. a monster to be feared, but the idea that like, Oh, what if you could live forever and have all this power? And you know, yeah, like that sense of, I would read every book. I would not have to, again, not have to, Oh, how am I going to survive to, you know, it, it's just like, yeah, just do your thing and do all the things you want to do. And that's been like a, a fantasy of mine for a while, you know? So it's like, it, it, it digs into that same thing of like, yes, I have to, you know, make sure I have enough food for me to eat, but it's like not going beyond that to say, Oh, I've got to work. I've got to blow eight hours of my day so that I can pay to live in this place. You know, instead it's like, yeah, like you said, it's, it's all mine. So it's like, I could just go into a place and be like, I live here now. And 
as long as I get enough food, you know, maybe for the immediate future, at least, you know, for a little while to say like, okay, well, I'm going to read a bunch of books. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, like, I liked your idea. Like, yeah, maybe big picture. I start going across the country, going to comic book stores and try to collect all the amazing Spider-Man issues, you know, like something like that, you know, and, and then read them from start to finish, you know? And so like, you know, there's, yeah, there's, and, and I think what would be helpful too is, probably a bunch of stuff I couldn't do. Like, you know, we talked about electricity. So it's like, I probably can't play video games, you know, Um, but I can still read books. You know, I can still play board games by myself or something like that. You know, I can still build Lego sets, you know, so there's still a bunch of stuff that I like doing that I can do. And so I would probably, you know, yeah, focus on doing those things. Um, I think it would, you know, I'd probably still, write music like for myself, but I would do it completely differently again, without technology, because I wouldn't, you know, it would, I mean, probably be much more just like, Oh, either acoustic guitar or djembe, you know, and it's more just me doing it for, you know, writing what I want to hear or, you know, maybe I also collect some guitar magazines or songbooks or whatever for the artists that I like and start learning some of their songs so I can play the songs I like that I can't hear anymore because I can't listen to a recording of them, you know, those type of things. So like, I think that's sort of, you know, it it would really hone what I'm doing musically. It would be limited to, you know, acoustic stuff and the stuff that I really want to hear the sound of, you know, um, I would find a cello somewhere. I always wanted to, I want, I want to learn cello. So I would start learning cello, you know, would you go Stradivarius? Would you, that's it's like, is that, that's not the, at first, you, you know, I feel like it's, you know, <laughs> no, you, you need the beater first, you know, it's like right. your first car. You don't want to have your first car be a like BMW or some shit. Cause you know, you're going to, you're going to ding it. You're going to fuck it up, you know? So, and you're not going to appreciate it, you know? Um, so like, you know, I feel like I would, I would start with a student model cause I want something that's a little heftier that I don't have to be afraid of, you know, and I don't, I feel like also at that point, I may not know the different, you know, I wouldn't be able to play it well enough to really be like, Oh, this sounds much better because it's a Stradivarius. It's, it's like, no, it sounds like shit. Cause I don't know what I'm doing yet. You know? So I would kind of probably build up to that, you know? Um, Plus that's something that's not really important to me. I mean, maybe it would be if I actually got good at cello and then tried one and said, Oh shit. Okay. I'm, I need this. This is mine now, you know? Um, but, um, no, I'm like, getting a double necked electric SG the second I can. It's yeah. just like, that's the first one. <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like there, we have a little bit of a thought experiment with COVID, right? Like two years inside, essentially, what do you do with your time? And it's, watch tv <laughs> like for a lot of what so like and so i think about that movie um about time it's about uh the men in the family can travel back in time and it's a, this cute rom-com mm-hmm. and his dad talks about like the way he was it's all been about books he's read mm-hmm. everything that and dickens twice that that's been his goal mm-hmm. and so that and then also thinking with the vampire thing made me think of um only lovers left alive where it's uh it's Loki, it's so Hiddleston and it's not Kate Blanchett. Is it Kate Blanchett? It is Kate Blanchett. Or it's the one. Who plays the one? The ancient one? Jet Lee? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong the one. The ancient <laughs> one from Doctor Strange. Oh uh Tilda um, Swinton. Tilda Swinton, yeah. I think it's Tilda Swinton. For some okay. reason I get them mixed up. But they're vampires and they're basically Adam and Eve. That's what they call oh, themselves fun. in it. Yeah. Um, it's really good but like she's made her whole life about 
knowledge and books and he's made his life about like poetry and music mm-hmm. so that how they kind of fatigue and all of the time in the world and that kind of thing but just like yeah to to have no technology reading would be a big part of it and mm-hmm. i was just thinking it would be kind of cool to have like once you stop collecting things maybe in a in a kind of creepy way you create you collect like memoir like what you would be doing is like you're going through all these people's houses and a lot of the collecting is like just taking it for yourself because it's the last person standing has ownership. But then it's like, do you go back and then you're like, okay, should there be some kind of monument or testament or like a sampling of like, who is this person? What can I collect? Do I write about them? Like that kind of thing, like collecting human stories. And at that point, like, do you, cause that's an a- angle you could take is like, are you the last steward of the library of human experience is that is that your goal is to to have something to represent something that will last that will represent humanity and w- what does that look like what is it a big what, what are you wacky waving inflatable tube man or something no 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 i'm just thinking like it's so it's so thoughtful that you would think about other people that way and i'm just like no if anything i would keep a journal of my own experiences so that if, you know, if I'm actually not the last person on earth and someone finds it, it's like, oh, this is what this person did and how this person spent their time. Like, I, I, I'm not interested in telling other people's stories <laughs> in that sense, you know, especially if they didn't bother to tell their own stories while they were alive, you know? So it's just kind of like, you know, yeah. And then I, which I feel like leads into the whole thing, like you mentioned before, like restarting society, starting a cult. It's like, Oh, like my story could become the new Bible of the next generation <laughs> of humans where it's like, okay, all of a sudden everyone died, but this one guy, why did he survive? What was so important about him? What did he do? And so I think, you know, and, and, you know, I think in general, that's the way I think about a lot of stuff too, is that, you know, I think we're, or I shouldn't say, I think we all are, if we are all here, it's, it's for the story that only we can tell and the things that only we can do. So it's not about me saying, well, here's this other person. It's like, no, it's about if I'm the last one alive, I'm going to at least assume it's for a reason that it's me and not someone else. So if I'm going to, to be, you know, true to that experience, to the, the aspect of that, that is a gift of, like, Hey, you get to do what you want. What are you doing with that? To me, that's, that's the most important thing I could pass on to people is to say, this is what I did when I had no one telling me I had to do or should do something else. Therefore, this is what you should do with your time. You know, not, not specifically all the things I did, but -hmm. the fact that like the, the, the decisions I made because there wasn't someone telling me, well, you should do this or, you know, if you do this, I'm going to be mad. Or if you do this, you're a bad person, you know, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, it removes that whole bad person from the equation, you know, because usually that's because you're doing something that's hurting someone else. So if you don't have to worry about hurting someone else, you know, and and I feel like if if everyone took that approach going forward, again, if there was supposed to be some second generation of humans after that, if they all kind of came at it with that mentality where, you know, something that someone does shouldn't hurt you unless they're directly hurting you. So don't be upset by what someone else is doing unless they're doing it specifically to hurt you. You do your own thing too. And if everybody did their own thing, as long as you're not actively trying to hurt someone else, you'll be fine. You know? And I mean, that's one of Ben, been one of my biggest, like, you know, life um, philosophies in, in general is that like, 
you know, people need to mind their business more and not be so worried about, well, this person's doing this thing and that's making me angry. It's like, why shut the fuck up, mind your own business, do your thing. You know, unless that person's coming at you and preventing you from doing what you want to do, don't be so concerned with what that person's doing. So I feel like this is a great platform to start that from square one, to be like, look, I get to live by myself. I was doing all this stuff. I wasn't hurting anybody. And I was ideally able to have a meaningful life, you know, and, and sort of create value in my life without having to compare it to other people or to consider, you know, like I said, like I'm not able to hurt anybody. So obviously what I'm, what I was doing in that span of time, you know, you, you can't really say it's good or evil, you know? So if, if, to kind of, if you take that as an example and go forward, like do the thing you want to do. And again, as long as you're not actively fucking over someone else or purposely trying to hurt someone else, you should be able to just do that and it should be fine, you know? And, but, but again, it's hard to do that when you have the people who are going to decide that, well, what you're doing pisses me off. So I don't like that. You know, you have to stop doing that, you know, or, having a whole society built already that you're born into. And it's like, no, no, this is, this is what has value. This is what doesn't, you need to do this. Don't do this. That's stupid. You know, you know, you can do that, but you're a piece of shit, not because you're hurting anybody, but just because society decides you're a piece of shit if you do that. So don't do that, you know, and just being able to like do what you want to do. And I mean, who knows by the end of it, I might be like, I'm sick of this, you know, like, I mean, I would, I would like to think I wouldn't kill myself at some point, you know, because, you know, there's gotta be some, I guess I'm hoping there'd be some payoff. Like maybe I would find another person and maybe that other person, I mean, I would hope that that other person is not an antagonist. Then again, it's like, oh, now it's getting biblical. You know, there are only two right. people left, me and this person. So maybe, you know, maybe now we get to have this like epic battle or, you know, or something, you know, so, so like, I, I, you know, I guess I would delusional as it may be, I would, I guess, hold to the idea that this happened for a reason and that there is some reason why I was left and something that, you know, some good that can come of that, I guess. And if nothing else, then the the good is my own because I don't have to be selfless anymore. There's nothing else I have to do things for. So I can do as much as I can for myself, given the shitty situation. I mean, you know, there's lots, that's going to be shitty, but you know, I feel like, you know, I, I, I would like the idea of passing that on to someone if there's someone else, but again, again, I want it to be my story. I want it to be everything I learned and I want to feel like, I, I, I can set an example for someone, hopefully, you know, and that's, I, I think in, in general too, that's kind of some, the only thing I've really wanted in life. And, and it, it seems weird to say, you know, that, that, that like, yeah, like I, 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 I want to be a good example for somebody, you know, whether it's like, you know, like my students, you know, musically and things like that. And I think sometimes that's when music, you know, teaching music is not rewarding is when, you know, the, and this is going to sound egotistical, but when people aren't Im- impressed by what you do, and it's not that I want them to think I'm super cool, but it's like right. what they want to do is so different than what I'm kind of trying to show them. Like this, this is what you can do with this skill. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, like, 
I mean, a dumb example that doesn't refer to anybody is, oh, here's how you can be a really good musician. It's like, no, I just want to hold a guitar so I can get chicks. Show me how to get chicks with a guitar. And it's like, you're a disappointment, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like, like I want someone who's in, I guess, inspired by the same things and possibilities that I'm inspired by and be able to say like, like, yeah, you can attain that. You can do that. And and here, here's yeah, here, the world is telling you, you should play guitar so you can get chicks, but no, you should play guitar because it's, it's fucking rewarding and it's, it's work and your fingers are going to hurt, but you're going to be so happy when you play your first song and then your next song. And when you start writing your own songs, like, like that's, that's the, you know, that's what I want to impart on people is like, you, you know, you don't have to, do the things in life that the world is telling you you have to do. You can do your own things. And, and maybe your goal is just to get chicks and, and in which case, fine. Like, I guess I shouldn't judge that, but, but don't come to me for that because I can't be an inspiration for that because it's not, that's not why I do it. You know, go, go, go take lessons from someone who plays guitar so that they can get a bunch of chicks and gets a bunch of chicks and learn how to do that from them. You know, I guess that's, that should be the right answer. Don't not confuse the skill set. <laughs> yeah, not not to judge what they want, but be like, I'm not the person that, to get that from. So, so yeah, I would want to feel like if I'm the only person left, I get to sort of decide what what the values are and kind of uh, as an example, you know. Um, so it's interesting you think about it in terms of like wanting to be an example. I feel like for me, a lot of my goals and I, in terms of like ambition and what 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 I want out of life is something that says I was here. I want something mm. to exist and it, it, it's selfish and it's fear of death and it's projection of all of those things, but it's something to point to and say that, that this spec was Joel and he was here and it mm -hmm. wasn't insignificant, like, or it just, that it was that, that there's some record of it. And in the scenario where last man on earth, like that it's guaranteed. So for me, my whole value system goes away. Like I, there's no one to point to or to show. And I, I, I'm thinking like, I've always thought of it as like cold and uh, uh, destiny-less. It's just arbitrary. So like I'm making it as stark and painful as possible. There's no chosen one. There's no mythology you're inspiring. So the, my thought experiment with it is like, okay, your, if your goal was, hey, I was here, you're the last person on earth, you're going to be the last person to say that. So does it evolve? Is it like, what do I, am I the last word on humanity? That becomes very interesting and very different and very, it's not POV at that point. It's POV because it's it's translating an experience, but it, it's like, I don't know, In in uh, the more I'm thinking about it now, it's like what, if you're going to punch the nail in the coffin of, humans what do you say about us what's the best representation of us you know this imper like because i don't know that we like i i like the idea of inspiring a more perfect way to be and like a society built on like like instead of the uh uh, uh do your own thing or mind your business or get off my lawn it's like let's work together thing and but how do you do that without people taking a power uh, advantage of power structures and all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. like at, at that point, if, if I'm thinking, okay, if something comes to here or it develops and wants to learn about what was here before alien new species of different evolutionary chain, like what, 
what is the document of humanity? And I get like in in some ways it's even more self-centered and more like like instead of like this is my story, it's like, oh, I have I have ownership of humanity's narrative. People have been doing that for all of history, right? Like empires and like history being told from the victor's point of view is like they've been manipulating this story. So I, yeah. I would be interested in like what I I don't know. In in I don't know if for me, the imposter or uh, main character syndrome or the, the idea of like being chosen or, or being the example or mythology. I don't know if I, my belief in that metaphor exists without other people, you know, and I don't know at a certain point, would I just be really jaded about it and just like, well, okay, every it was all for chance. So my, uh, in the same way, like we talked about this, like abandoning meaning in, in, in championing making your own meaning and that's what's important so just i haven't thought deeply about this until this discussion with you about it. it's really interesting this is this is what i really like i'm glad we're we're doing this yeah. this is awesome well and it's interesting too like yeah like how how a lot of what you were saying i kind of feel the opposite about it so it's just right. kind of funny where it's like yeah like where you're saying like you know you're kind of feeling this responsibility with all of humanity up to that point. And whereas I'm at the point where it's just like all of humanity up to the point, that was not my choice. That was not anything. I don't vouch for that. Like, like I said, I was born into that. I had no choice. So I'm going to detach myself from that as much as possible and, and take the opportunity to be something different, you know? And, um, and yeah, like let, let the stories that have been written, tell those stories they're already written you know, I don't, I don't want to be associated with that. You know, I want to be like, you know, here's what I would do differently. Blank slate, you know, like, yeah. And like, like, you know, how you said that, like, <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, it was a funny twist too, the way you were saying like that whole, like, you know, the, the main character hero myth doesn't exist without other people. And I was like, well, I mean, my thoughts is that like, you know, all of it exists for that, for that, that one story and for that one person, me, you know, like, right. like the well, whole, that's... everything up until that point has been, a, a, a you know, a, a setting, you know, like, you know, for this story so that I have that kind of, that, that story as a guide, as I move forward. Well, know? it's also like, it is funny to kind of put, to zoom out upon this, this thing. It's like, <laughs> the last story on earth is about the last person on earth you know like that is the the last note is whatever that person does and how they decide to live so yeah that <laughs> yeah i mean i think i would actively start to maybe even write a like write a journal of my experiences and on the one hand be like here's everything i did that i enjoy that i didn't have time to before because i was busy doing all the other things that all these other people placed value upon and that I had to have a certain amount of give a, give a certain amount of importance in order to interact with that world and live in that world. But now I'm not living in that world anymore. I get to decide what's important and what I want to spend my time on, you know, and, you know, yeah, part of me would almost want to write an instruction manual to a degree of, you know, and oh, and that, that's something I wanted to clarify too, but my whole mind, your business thing, it doesn't mean that I think it should be like that, that sort of uh, rugged individualism. That's no, more, not if a gay yeah. couple wants to get married, mind your fucking business. Right, you know? right, right. Like those type of issues where people decide to get angry at something that has nothing to do with them, where that, those people are not hurting them, you know? So, uh, you know, I feel like so much of that bullshit is what makes up what our life is because of this bullshit that 
certain groups of people have decided what values are and what should be valued and are trying to impose that on everyone else. Whereas if each individual was allowed to do the things that they find value in without other people actively going, no, you can't do that because I disagree with it. You know, all these different things would be allowed to flourish, but they're not because, you know, we've somehow decided there's like one set of values, you know, or, or each group of people has their one set of values that they think everybody should be following. Whereas if it was like individuals pursuing what they wanted and yeah, some of that can be as a community, you know, you can, you know, get together and say like, yeah, we're working towards a common goal. Like, that's great. I'm not saying you shouldn't work towards a common goal if you have things in common with people. Um, but they, yeah, one person shouldn't come in and be like, Hey, I don't like how all of you are happy doing this thing together. Knock it off because I don't like what you're doing. You know, I mean, I think we've talked about that with the whole cult things and how a lot of cults start is, Oh, it's this nice little community of people right. gardening. And, and all of a sudden it's a cult. It's like, well, I don't think it's the commune aspect of that. That was bad. It was the cult part of it. That was bad. Right. They, they just, they so happened to coincide, but you know, I don't, I don't it, think that, finding a group of like-minded people who all help, you know, in kind of work in this small community and all the stuff gets done and everybody has their part and everybody's happy with the role they play. And, you know, there's not one person who like, or these 10 people have to work twice as hard as everybody so that this one dude can make five times as much as money as everybody else, you know, like, like that's the thing is like, I feel like those type of things at least start in, in a sort of balance, you know, and then it's usually, you know, one asshole who fucks everything up. You know, it's not that way of life that sucks. It's the one asshole who fucks everything up that sucks, you know, and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So I think there can still be a sense of community in, in my way of doing things. It's just that, you know, the idea that one community, you know, and this is kind of crossing over to the other thing, like starting society. Like I've always thought, because I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of power. You know, I don't, I don't want to have power over people, which is why I sometimes feel as though I should be in charge of everybody. And my job as being in charge of everybody is to be, if someone is trying to take advantage of someone else or have power over someone else, then I step in and take power over that person and be like, no, bad boy, you go over here. Stop. You know, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to be like, oh, I want to take over this country. Like, nope, you stop it. You know, or, oh, I want to start a business and pay everybody slave wages so I can have more. But nope, you're done. That's the, you know, we're not doing that, you know. So basically, I want to be able to have checks and balances over everybody, but not not say a specific way that everybody should live. Just prevent people those few groups of people who want to fuck it up for everybody else because they're they're selfish and they're greedy and basically, I think, yeah, that, that was one of the, the things that occurred to me. Like, I think the the worst thing in the world is greed. So I think that's the thing that makes you want to take more than you need and usually have to fuck over somebody to get it. Whereas if greed was eliminated, I feel like there would be more of an equilibrium where people allowed to do the things they need to do. You can still have what you want and what you need to survive and to be happy without being greedy and taking more than you need. So basically that's what I would want my role in the world to be was to be like, I am going to stomp out greed whenever it pops up and keep, keep greed in check. You can pretty much do anything else you want, but you know, that seems to be the thing that tends to make someone want to fuck over someone else. And that's what fucks the world up. Not again, not people going off and doing what they want that makes them happy that someone for some arbitrary reason is upset about like, fuck you. You don't get to be upset about that. But to say like, Hey, I like what you have 
and I'm bigger than you. So I'm going to take what you have, even though I don't need it. I don't necessarily even want what you have. I just don't like that you have it. And I want to have more than what you have. So I'm going to take it, you know, it's just wild that like the, the building, the new society becomes more and more difficult in my head. The more I think about it, cause it's like, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like it's, if you could, I don't know. I feel like by virtue of the ability to compare things, we can always assess greater and lesser than. So I don't like greed in terms of like a, and like in instinctive, why? Right? Like we have reptilian instincts too, right? Like survive, flight, and, and like, you know, fight and flight, those kinds of instincts. Yeah. I'm curious what, what you would have to do to a society of humans and it, for how long and in what size group. See, this is how cult shit starts. <laughs> it's, it's just like, <laughs> at, like how, what's, what's the critical mass, right? Cause we, mm. and that's the thing, like nature is cruel too. Like the other thing of like, I'm thinking about all of these civilizations that would get wiped out because of a famine or a flood or an earthquake, right? Like, like they could have had it perfect, but we have no record, you know, like we don't have any examples of those guys. We've got the amount of history that has come before us on the earth and how people interacted with the world is huge. And we know so little, you know, mm -hmm. like history just get, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm just curious, like, what, what are we missing? You know, like we're, we're like, when the apes chose wrong, certain apes survived and built certain societies. And because the wind blew this way, this one got collapsed. That, that too, you know, like that I'm, I'm curious what, when, when rebuilding, I guess you're like, what is the group size? And maybe that's the thing is like, if it's not, if you're thinking about that, that fourth scenario, like starting to rebuild society, I guess the way you kind of make it, narratively or story-wise satisfying is making it a group that's manageable without warring factions you know like ideally it's these are just these are not survivors in that way these are people who are like just i don't know it's like a they would have to have a mutual goal before the disaster and be altruistic and act you know what i'm saying like in order to build that kind of society I don't know. It's, it's strange. Like it, because ideally it would be like, okay, we have an orchard and a farm. We produce only enough stuff for us to eat, but that's the thing. Like you don't, t do you tell people that they can't have more kids? Cause the thing will grow. That's the thing. Anytime you start society it will grow. And the number of variables that come into that equation just exponentially increase the difficulty of control or at least harmony. You know, you put enough, Food for 50 rats in one container, 50 rats go there. If you put any less, 48 rats. You know, like humans have not demonstrated the ability to live. <laughs> if they're a disease, you know, like it's the smell. I, I mean, and I don't, I'm not an anthropologist, so I don't know how accurate this is. And I could be like wrong, but like my, my impression is that I think, I mean, didn't humans cropped up in different areas of the planet, right? Like, I it's mean, not like all life started in one place and all humans come from that one. I mean, I think, I, I mean, in, in a biblical like, sense, there is that Yeah, idea. the cradle of syllabus, uh, the uh, crescent in the uh, African, like, where the Sahara is now, the fertile yeah. crescent. Right? And 
that's kind of where Homo erectus started in like bigger groups and tribes and stuff. Like there, there's an origin point, but like that's because of Pangea moving in certain like warmth of conditions where apes and. Okay. So, so, so humans that were on other continents and evolved independently, they still started from there, migrated there. Right. And yeah. Pangea, okay. Yeah. Way, so, way, way back. Like that, yeah. that's like first. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, and, and, my thinking in that sense is that, yeah, like that happened, but those cultures all evolved and grew independent of the, and ignorant of all the other. Right. Yeah. You know. So, so I think that the sort of, a lot of the source of, of the problems is that each one of those groups probably had an individual identity. And then here's some other group that's a different group. And, right. you know, we have to be afraid of them. And sometimes, it's justified. Sometimes it's not, you know? So I think the key, cause you know, cause I think that's, that's the source of many of our problems is this us and them, whether it's country to country or religion to religion, or even state to state or political party to political party. Like it's everything where we, we choose to like, you know, any, any kind of border we decide to place to decide like, this is your stuff. This is my stuff. Like, you know, I think a lot of that is what puts us in competition to with each other. And, you know, so I think the, the key to starting a new society is that it's always us. Like there's no, there's no division, you know, and I think that would be tough because if, you know, yeah, if there's a, this, is, if earth is starting over again and you're starting a society in America, is there also a society that's starting in Europe and now there's going to be us and them again. And that at some point we're going to have to battle each other, you know, or is it actually one society that grows in one location and say that, yes, we may spread out to other areas, but it's still us. There is no, right. you're different from them. You have more right to this than they do. You know, this is all like, we're all the same people in just in different places, you know? And I think that maybe that was what fucked the earth up and humans up from the beginning is that like you said, like with, with Pangea, like we started from the same place. So at the core, we're all the same, but all these same people went to different areas and then those areas spread out. And then everybody grew up thinking, Oh, it's just us. It's just us. It's just us. And then, Oh no, there's them over there. Should I be scared of them? Should I be worried? They look different than me. You know, are they going to fuck me up or should I fuck them up first? You know, Whereas I think if you could start a civilization where people are not, you know, <laughs> not starting off with caveman brains and developing right. you know, lack of technology, because I, I, I'm yeah. thinking the way that you just, because I'm thinking like when you're starting from scratch, societies will go away and they'll have re like relations back to the home base, but then grief or, or hurt feelings or something like that's where a sever, like a tie would be severed and then they would develop separately. So, like, in order to, like, avoid that, you would have to have, like, a a really good communication system mm -hmm. from the get-go. And it would have to be, like, you're in constant communication in terms of, like, because that's what I'm thinking. Like, if, if you don't have something where you can communicate really effectively, you know, like, the societies will change drastically without each other. And then when they come against each other, things have developed in different ways and they won't recognize each other and they'll hmm. rub each other the wrong way. So the elements and variables have a lot to do with that. Cause like if a trade route, like if you send it, sent a ship across a, a river and that's how you 
got over there and then the river changes direction and it's no longer fordable, like the, like, I don't just, the difficulty of communicating between those two spaces becomes more difficult and fatigue and after long, long, long generational changes. So I, I, yeah, that my problem solving brain is like the way to do that is everybody has FaceTime (laughs) all the time. Or something like that. Because that's also like, but is it good too? That's the other thing is like, is is a society that develops and adapts differently valuable? Or is it, if it is valuable, is it less valuable than one that doesn't kill itself (laughs) or fuck up the earth too? I I mean, one of the things that occurred to me too is I think that a big part of that has to be like the, the, the language and yeah. how you define what the group is, you know, because you know, in those, those early tribes, well, what makes us us? Well, what our skin color is and where we live and what we eat based on where we live or what, and, we, oh, here's, or, or what we dread, how we dress, you know, or what we live in. Oh, well, here's this other group. Like they have different colored skin than us and they wear different clothes than us and they eat different food than us. Okay. They're different. So I think it's, it's, sort of implanting that idea that no matter what your differences are, you're still human. Like it's just human. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're just People. humans. We're not going to talk about, Oh, like Americans versus Europeans. Like that's bullshit. Like you can live in a different place. You're still human. You know, you can have, you know, or like with religion, well, I believe this. Oh, well, you're not allowed to be part of us because we believe this. If you want to be part of us, you have to believe this. If not, you have to go over there. Like, no, we don't care what you believe. You're still human, you know? So just place the, the importance all on just being human, you know, no matter what you believe, where you live, what you, you know, what your skin looks like, what you wear, what food you eat, you're still human. So you're still us. We're still us. We're still all in the same thing, the same boat together, you know, and, and, and establishing that from the get go. So yeah, no matter how far you go, you're just humans living over there. You're not different people. You know, no matter if you start dressing differently or believing different, say you want to, you know, start worshiping another God for some reason, like you're still human. doesn't matter. You're not, you're not different. You're still, you're still the same. You can, you can be as different as you want, but you're still part of this group. And it's, this is the one group to be part of. And, and it doesn't mean you have to think the same things and do all the same stuff as this group, but you're still part of this group. Don't ever think you're not part of this group because then you're going to feel like you're alienated and you might get angry at the group and have to come back and start your own group. Like, no, we, you, you can still, or, you know, there could be subgroups of, we all believe this. That's fine. Good. Believe that. Believe what you want, but you're still part of this group. And this is the one group. And if you hurt this group, you're only hurting the group that you're in. You know, and I think that's part of the, yeah, the part of the thing too, is that, you know, if you're harming somebody, you're harming, you're not harming another group and you're part of this group and you're proving that your group's better than this group. You're harming the group that you're in. You're harming your group by doing harm, you know, and. So it's interesting, like at the end of the day, it's like, it's more of communal identity than anything. Like the community doesn't regionalize. Right. Which is interesting. And it would be interesting to like start with that as a base. And that's the thing. I feel like the things that get lost in translation and the things that develop separately and different and then become violent have to do with lack of communication and lack of continuity. So Mm -hmm. it would have be like, wherever we settle, this is the pillar that we say, we, we are people. We are, we, you know, that's the identity where we have, we were, we there, we are, we here. Did I say this a little bit more woo? -woo? (laughs) Like, (laughs) 
but like the kind of plinth the the ten commandments or like whatever it is the law or whatever the, the identity document would have to be consistent and I, yeah, communication lines. In in many ways, we're doing the two extremes. Like we're we're avoiding the fun, violent in between bits, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I guess and the regionalism and the tribalism is something that are, it fascinates. Because I mean, I I my dad was in the Marine Corps, so I was born in Arizona. We moved to California, and I moved to Colorado in second grade. So I have a big kind of like new kid in town complex. I always have. So moving to Oregon was a kind of triggered a lot of that stuff again for me. And it's a lot of, a lot of what I'm been grappling with is like, what is an Oregonian? What, what do people from here, what are they? Cause it's a different environment. They have different views. They find, they value different things. And like, it took, it feel, felt like it took a while for me to feel like a Colorado and it, for some reason, that is a really important part of my identity mm-hmm. in terms of like, this is just where I spend a lot of my time. This is where my friends are. This is the place that is the most familiar to me. So a lot of moving out here has been like, well, what does any of that mean? And it's like, well, they don't know how to deal with snow here. Like mm-hmm. dusting <laughs> shuts the shit down. And it's funny because... DU is closed tomorrow because of the ice oh, yeah. storm thing. Yeah. So I still have to do the check run, but I might be off in the afternoon. We'll see. Both my supervisors are on vacation too. So I'm just <laughs> like, I'm interested, like what, from a psychological perspective, and again, this is in the cult thing where it's just like, what is, what is regionalism? How do you combat that? How do you, and that's the thing when you're starting a new society in these scenarios, it's like, what you, what, who's doing it are survivors, <clears throat> you know, or they're people who are in a cryogenic pod and then raised by uh, robots and who have malfunctioned on the way. Like these are the examples of like, so it would be interesting. You would have to have something central. Like the, this is, these are our beliefs. They're very simple. People can develop culture and identity outside of them it's not prohibitive in that way, but it is however far you stray or, or whatever direction you grow in. Maybe that's what it would be is maybe tie it to like tree imagery or, cause that's the thing. If we're writing the, the, the book of uh, the Bible for a new society, there's going to be metaphor. And that's, that's the other difficulty is how do you make metaphor flexible enough, but not too flexible, you know? Mm-hmm. And how do you prevent in 60 years, or 600 years or 6,000 years, some council of Lycia saying, well, here, <laughs> this, this isn't what Joel and Tim said. <laughs> We've right. made it even more egotistical. <laughs> well, see, that's the Joel thing is I, I'm not worried about metaphor being too flexible. I'm worrying about metaphor becoming too literal, which is the problem with religion. You know, that's that fair. it's like, Oh, we're going to believe that this is fact. It's like, no, it's not fact. It's, it's, it's stories. It's metaphor. And that, that there was a Joseph Campbell thing where he was on some radio show and someone was like, well, myths are a lie. And it's like, it's, it's only a lie if you think they're supposed to be true. And then you're like, Oh, you told me this story, but it's not real. It's like, the understanding is supposed to be that it's not real and that you dig into what it could represent. Like if you're, if you're stupid enough to take it literally and then find out it was never true, then yeah, it's a lie, but that's because you're stupid. See, we should have that asterisk. To... Like I'm thinking on the plinth on the, the obelisk. It's just like yeah. an asterisk at the bottom. It's like, these None are this... stories. None right. of this is, this didn't actually happen. 
right. like not meant to be taken literally. Well, and, and what was interesting too, is another thing I thought of is like, um, like Anthem by, by Ayn Rand. And it's very similar to 1984 where the whole point is like, Oh, this society where, you know, it's, it's this communist type society where there, there's no I, there's only we like, and they, they talk about, I think the word I like doesn't exist in the language. And that's sort of like the hero. And I think that's the book that 2112 is inspired by because it's very similar. Like he finds the main character finds in a cave, this like machine and figures out how to put it together and produce power. And it's a, it's basically a way of being like, Oh, we don't have to rely on this, this system for power. Like I can do it on my own. And I think eventually, you know, discovers the word ego. And that's sort of where the book ends is the idea that, that yes, like humans as individuals will have great ideas. And if they follow them through, they can help society. But when you're making everybody just think about, you know, the, the, the greater good or the humans as a whole, but the problem with that is usually there's one person who's dictating, Hey, all of you, you have to do all this stuff for the greater good, but it's actually for that person's greater good, not right. actually for the greater good. So I was kind of thinking like the, you know, in, within this society, it's not that I want to remove the word I, it's that I want to remove the word them. You know, remove the word them, which places other people away from you. So we could have us and we, that's like sort of the society, but I is not a bad word. Like you get to be an individual. You get to do the things that you individually want to do within that group of people. But just, I, you know, acknowledging that you're part of a group, but it, that it's one group. It's not, there's this group over here. This is us. And that group over there is them. And we got to wonder about them. What, what is them? What are, what are they doing that's different than us? Do they want to kill us? Should we kill them first? Like, so to me, that's where the problem is lies is not in the word I, it's in the word them. See, okay. The so word the that name, separates people. The name of this book that we're writing is killing them. And it's, Oh, I like that. Like, yeah tm don't steal this nobody's listening to this but (laughs) (laughs) this is for like i I, yeah the and that's the thing like my brain built in the society of that's why fiction and science sci-fi are so fascinating like people projecting that even thinking about i love that when they build a world and they can figure out all of these little things or at least show you enough to think that those things have been thought through that's that's the gritty good shit. I love that. I love that kind of world building. So like the thinking of, okay, the way I my brain works is here we are tribal, we're regional, we have identities, we're we have the, that yeah, the tribalism is about us and them. And it's not about like spirit of competition. You know, because I think that's something else, like you would have to address. It's like there there is some restless energy to us as beings. So it's got to be put somewhere. And I mm-hmm. think that that's also an interesting. And so I, I would think of the way to combat, we're probably only going to explore these two examples yeah. <laughs> because we, we've talked without breathing for two and a half hours. On yeah. it. But like the, the idea of like, okay, the people are universal. We, you are people or there's no, they, so the idea of like location would be separated from identity. So in that way, so it's not like these are the humans from the lake. You know, mm. anytime you say from the, for me, it's like that's that's where they lay claim. I guess that's the thing is like to rewire, like you have to rewire my brain too to think like how to 
how to make it, I don't know, from, from the ground up, right? You, you, if you're working with people who are just trying something brand new openly, like literally, and I mean, the way, the way you would build tension, I guess, is you'd have one shit kicker character who wants to say, be the asshole about it, you know, like that, that's what fucks it up. And it's the thing, like when you build something perfect, it's not satisfying because where's the story? <laughs> too so that's the thing like in this thought experiment my brain is like oh wouldn't it be great if but it isn't and it wouldn't be and the way we like the way somebody would watch this and find it entertaining is to have that tension i'm just thinking like the way to disarm regionalism would be to disconnect it from individual identity to no longer give it that weight and it, that would have to start from the we communal and no they. That whole identity picture would have to be like one that makes identity separate from location always. You know, that's how you'd have to. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And like you said, if you want to have a story, there has to be conflict. So, and I think, you know, in the way, the way you set that up is to, define what you as an individual, I guess, see as good and what you see as evil. So in this story, evil is wanting to separate, you know, a a person or a group who want to separate themselves and then be like, we're, you know, we're, we're better than this group. And, and, you know, whereas the, the ideal society is like a group of people who are all individuals, like they're not, they're not, they haven't lost themselves to the group that they don't have an identity. It's, it's basically them having, being an individual and then, but I'm part of this one big group. And, and that, I guess that's part of it too, is like, what I was thinking is the idea of, you know, if you start having subgroups, like, and I guess this is coming from my own experience too, where it's like, I have interests, but anytime I try to be a part of a group that shares one of my interests, all I really see is how different I am from everyone else who like, I share this one interest in them with them, but they're so different with the way they think of like other stuff. And they're not into all the other stuff that I'm into. So I never feel sort of at home in this small group because it's always like, Oh, well this group, you know, does hand drumming and I like hand drumming, but this group is also into baseball and um into the stock market you know and it's like so it's like well wait do i have to get into those to be as part of this group it's like no like i just want to be an individual who's interacting with this group of people based on one interest but i don't want to start losing my individual sense of self and start becoming more like the people in this group so that i can be part of this group so like you know i guess the idea is you can interact with people who share interests, but don't start becoming part of that group and, and having it be about more than just what you happen to have in common with them and start trying to have more in common with them and then changing who you are because you want to be part of a group, you know? Um, so that, I mean, that's something that I, I feel like I've, yeah, I've seen a lot with myself and it, it it's led to a lot of loneliness in a sense, because I feel like I don't belong two part of groups anywhere. Like, I feel like there are groups of people who are all have this stuff in common and they're all like having a good time. And it's like, Oh, I want to go have a good time with them. But then I don't relate to them because I only have this one little thing in common. So I, and, and it, not to say that everyone who's in a group has lost their sense of 
identity. Maybe it just so happens that all of those people are into those three things I mentioned, you know, drumming, baseball, and the stock market. So it's like, cool, good for you that you found, you found group that group who have you those things needle. in common. Right. Yeah. So, but like what, you know, I'm, I'm not going to become part of that group. Here's another example. Um, like I, and this is more of a, um, you know, more for, for the lack of, um, I guess on a, on a practical level, sure. But for the sake of, um, logistics and, and maybe, I don't know if being pedantic is the right, I can't think of what the word is I'm trying to say, but like, I don't consider myself a liberal because I don't want to be a part of any group ah, right. because then there are a sense of assumptions that get made upon about me based on a group. Most of my personal beliefs happen to align with liberal right. beliefs, but I don't declare myself. I am a liberal. Therefore I believe everything that every other liberal believes in, because I don't think that that's healthy. Even if you're on the side that you think is the side that's doing right. Like, yeah, I probably agree with a lot of that stuff and will openly agree with that stuff. But there's also things that come up that it's just like, I don't necessarily believe in that. And I'm not just going to be part of your group and wholesale say, yes, I believe in everything you believe in because I'm, I'm part of that group. So and not even to say that there's, you know, stuff that it's like, oh, I agree with conservatives about this. Right. I'm not not even saying that. It's just reserving the space to be like, I don't have to believe, agree with you about everything. That you was know? something that was really, like, satisfying about registering as an independent. Because, like, hmm. when you look at it, it, it's like you get to get somebody elected, you pick a side and it sucks and it's shitty. Hmm. And we should have more parties and all of that stuff. But it was just so, like after hearing so much about it being one way or the other, it was really satisfying to be like, fuck both of them. And just like, mm. neither of you can, can pander to me in that way. You know, like yeah. I, I, that little bit of power to be like, fuck you to the big two. Like that was really nice. And like, so yeah, I, I think that the problem becomes and the interesting experiment is like labeling and society, like what, group identifiers and how to we haven't even talked about power structure within it because like who makes what decisions and what what all that looks like like ideally it would be fucking we're growing shit and we're stretching and we're telling stories and singing songs and fucking in the woods and mm -hmm. shoring up for winter like i i don't like in, in terms of like what utopia looks like you know from starting from zero that's the other thing is like yeah I would like to think we don't actually need leaders if we're starting society from scratch, that, that some people have good ideas and those ideas are kind of what, you know, allow things to flourish, you know, because, because yeah, the idea is that like, if you have a leader, well, there could be some schmuck who has the best idea in the world, but nobody's going to hear that schmuck's idea because we're only hearing what that the leader's ideas are. And what the leader decides, who the leader decides we should listen to for good ideas, you know? And I think, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know what that would look like to just not have leaders, you know? Right. But if, you know, if we're kind of like, and I, I think that's, I think that's part of it. Part of what I've run into whenever I think of like, these are my ideas for what I think would make society better. 
I think maybe they start to fall apart when the world gets too big, when people, you know, there's too big of a population. Then again, who knows? Maybe if those ideas are put in place while the population is small, maybe that could carry through to a bigger population. But people just assume, oh, well, we've got a small population. We've got to put a leader in place to kind of fix this and get this ready to go and have that person in charge. But I feel like as the population grows, it grows with the assumption that we need to have a leader, not let's figure this shit out like as a group. And then as the group gets bigger, maybe it's more complicated. Yeah. But I don't think you just resort to, you know, it's like the fucking episode two when it's like, you know, Padme trying to explain to Anakin, like, yeah, we have a group of people and we're all supposed to make decisions and we fight about it. But the point is that, you know, there shouldn't be one person who tells everybody what to do and makes people make a decision. You know, it should be that, you know, maybe it should be that there's a bunch of people who have equal power, not, oh, well, one person needs to step in and tell all those people what they should be doing. Like, that was the whole point of that is like, no, what you're suggesting is not right. (laughs) You know, having one leader, one emperor tell everybody what to do is not the answer. It's supposed to be a bunch of people you know, fighting, but fighting from an equal place, you know, you know, and, and maybe, yeah, decisions don't get made and things are still up in the air, but at least that means that, you know, one person's ideals aren't being forced on, forced on everybody else, you know? And like, you know, the, the, the idea that like, okay, if 51% of the people want this, 49% of the people get fucked over for the next four years, you know, like that's, that's not a way to live. You know, like it, it should be like, how do we all find a way to coexist and get what we want at the same time, not put up with bullshit for four years. And then we're going to come in and get what we want. And then you have to put up with our bullshit for the next four years. You know, like with, with that, I like to, to think from that kind of structure perspective of like everyone's part of the group, us, there's no them what happens when there is conflict or disagreement? Like, what does that look like? How, how do those beings in that society reconcile that? And what, cause that's the thing. Like when I think of hierarchies of power, and this is maybe where the thought experiment becomes less fun. Like we don't, <laughs> that, cause that's the thing. Like it's, it's great to think of like the first iteration of this great thing. And it'd be, Oh, we're working together. We're building it. But the bigger it gets, the more unwieldy it gets. And if certain things are lost in translation or human biology with the way it has brain chemistry and stuff, like the way people process things will eventually get muddled and there will be conflicts. And I'm wondering what you put in place that gives you the best chance of reconciling that. Because humanity, it's the speck of dust that ruins the watch inner workings right like it's the smallest thing and humans are good at fucking up good shit that is this one thing that we are consistent with throughout all time so it's like i think the idea of like this society part of it is what how do we protect that and that's the thing with no them that's a different mindset with with but the idea of what what the society's identity is and the integrity of it and the longevity of that is dependent on it being able to survive it being disagreed with or wanting to be adapted or it no longer fits in a certain sense. Like problems that arise 400, 100,000 years after the development of the, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like the idea of that flexibility piece. This is why the fucking constitution just needs to be rewritten. 
because they keep trying to flex it and make it fit when right. we've developed so far past it. So, yeah. but when you start from the end, like this is, this is a society. These are people, we are people, there is no them. But also like if people introduce the idea of them, cause that would be the thing, right? That would be the anarchy mm-hmm. and humans love being up against whatever the established thing is. I don't, I would like this thing to rework that and i would like that to be the case but i'm curious like what if that's the case how do we what do you develop what does the justice system in quotation marks like what does that look like i'm really now i just want to write the thing because i'm like how do you how do you how do you justify any decisions without like what does the hierarchy look like is it just the lottery you know if i don't know yeah i I don't know i mean i guess and this is this is maybe where I'm naive and and stupid is that like I I want to I guess I want to believe that part of yeah I guess part of the root of everything is a part of, yeah part of the root of humanity's problems is is people convincing other people that um yeah of like of like these differences and and not to say that yeah we're all one in the sort of new age sense because I fucking hate that but like. Yeah, I guess like that, that idea of this, this giant bubble of us in a made up of a bunch of individuals. So it's like you, you, you get to be you. And I guess if there's, yeah, there, there might be someone out there who's like, you know, Hey, I don't want to be an equal individual. I want to be better than other people. And I feel like what that tends to depend on to work is a bunch of other people who think they're less than that person. So I guess my hope would be that maybe in this society, we've, we've built up individuals enough that, that like, yes, you're part of a group, but you're in an individual. And the idea is that like where the imbalance comes from is that there's one person who's better and a bunch of other people who are shittier, you know, that if one person tried to step up and be like, Hey, I'm better than some people that everyone else would be like, well, no, no, you're not. Like we're all, you know, like, you know, we're not inadequate enough to be like, oh, okay, we need to follow you and we need to stop thinking for ourselves and and do what you're telling us to do. So the base level in terms of like self-esteem and it wouldn't even be self-esteem. It would be just like human esteem, you know, right. like that like the base level of what God, we it have to be, be so much better to be like to, for this to take root, you know, like we would have to be, have gone through some really, really fucked shit and have just like four humans. They're very altruistic writing the thing. And then a bunch of children to take it on afterwards, you know, like, cause yeah. Cause like, here's part of it too, is that like the, 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 the a lot of the problem I've always seen with religion is religion is constantly telling its followers you were not good enough. Right. And the only way to be good enough is to do these things that someone is telling you to do. And that person is better than you. So to me, the trick is if you just tell everybody that everybody is good enough, everybody is worthy and no one's better than you. Like you, you all have these rights to do the things you want to do. Yeah. To have someone step up and be like, I'm better than all of you. It's like, no, who the fuck are you? You know, like, and, and maybe the, yeah, maybe there are still humans out there who are like, please someone say that you're better than me and tell me what I should be doing. You know, maybe, maybe there are, maybe in this new world, there would be people who would still crave that, you know, maybe, and maybe that would be like the downfall. 
Yeah, I almost think like that's worse. Like people thinking they're not good enough is almost worse than someone thinking they're better than other people. Because one person who thinks they're better than everyone, that person's not going to get very far if no one else buys it. It's the group of people who think they're less than everyone else that now that one person who thinks they're better than everyone else, they're going to start following that person and create a them. So, so yeah, I think you're right. The key to it is self-esteem because if, if nobody believes that they're less than everyone else, there's no one to follow that one asshole who all of a sudden thinks he's better than everyone, you know, like, it's like like making, I'm going to use a, a, an outdated and probably inaccurate military uh, uh, metaphor. You're making an army of officers. So the idea is that there's no hierarchical justice or decision-making because you've given everybody the capability of discussing and making those decisions without fucking everybody. Yeah. It's like playing chess with all kings and queens. You know, there are no, there are no pawns to be sacrificed. There's no like, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's different because you're still one person controlling all the pieces. It's not like all the pieces actually have, you know. Um, so yeah, that's a bad metaphor. Forget I said that. <laughs> well, no, like, I'm just thinking, like, this shit kicker, like, and that's the thing. Like, I can't even, <laughs> I can't let myself do it. I like my brain won't let it happen, and it's like I, this is a great stretch. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying trying to figure out like what what would have to change what where would you have to write it from for it to 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 work for my brain you know like that that's where i'm i'm butting up against it is this i'm thinking at certain point somebody's gonna have their serotonin levels messed up you know mm-hmm. like, that's that like it, it ideal you can have the logic and the purity of us and them and or know them but like somebody has a bad day you know, you get Joker. The one bad day storyline from Killing Joke occurs in this yeah. universe. <laughs> but but even that, I mean, like look at look at the Joker. Like he had a crew, right? Yeah. If the Joker was just the Joker, he wouldn't do nearly as much damage. It's the fact that people buy into what the Joker is selling. You and know there was I mean? a structure for it you know. already predating it. Yeah. And like, or, and like with cults too, if, if like a cult was just one person saying a bunch of crazy shit that never went anywhere, who who gives a fuck? It's when a bunch of people are like, Oh, I'm fucking stupid. I'm going to buy into what you're saying. And that's what creates a cult, you know, not, not to say that the, the cult leader is blameless, right? but I feel like you can handle one person with a bunch of weird ideas. I mean, you could ignore them. You know, so it's like it's almost or I guess like, until they do damage, you know, but like the society is no groups. <laughs> it is one group of no groups. It's all interesting. Well, that's about enough of that. <laughs> well, so, so I was just going to no. say, Krista, Krista just asked if, if I want her to start dinner. So, I mean, if she's going to start dinner, we have a little bit to kind of still keep talking. I mean, are you, are you done? Or I, I feel like we should start wrapping up, but we don't have to end right now. I just thought it was really funny out. It would be really funny to end it there. Yeah, no, so I, let's do that. And then okay. like, I maybe bring this back next time and talk yeah. about the, the Mad Max and the EMP kind of yeah. idea. Oh, I just, love the EMP. Right. Like such an interesting yeah, this I, I I'm really enjoying it, and it's like it's a way to talk about my story without feeling like I'm sharing all of the details of it, and it mm-hmm. like that 
I just started with that one and just it rolled into like, hey, here's the things that have been banging around my head about this idea. So, and it, it's cool because we kind of went to the two extremes. It's like mm-hmm. you're dealing with the carcass of the old society as an individual, and then you're trying to figure out what what are the because that's the thing when we see these in sci-fi we see the projected future of the society. So we see how it's been corrupted mm-hmm. by who, the egos or whatever. So for us to start from this very start starting point is really difficult and also something we don't see too much of. We'll either see like building blocks of something and then the extended future or the extended future and then the like little totemic things that led to it becoming that. So it's really like, this this is the good shit, man. <laughs> well, and, um, and I like the idea of exploring, you know, like I said, like I have, you know, my theories of how I think the world should function. But I mean, I, I could be, I always wonder, like, I, I feel like I'm either full of shit and it wouldn't work or it would only work in this situation. Like you can't like turn a corner and be like, we're going to turn this society into that. Like, like, and you know, for, for a long time, I've been a huge fan of the the metaphor of the Phoenix, you know, like things have to be reborn from the ashes. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is that you can't, you can't just be like, okay, people, we're going to change and you're going to think of things differently. Like it has to be like born from the annihilation of what came before, you know, cause that mm-hmm. leaves the room for, oh, we can think of things differently now, you know, um, I mean, I remember, I, like, I feel like computer programs are like this too. I remember when I switched to Sibelius from Finale, like notation software, and I don't know much about coding, but I remember people always saying that like Finale was built on an older code and they keep kept trying to build on that older code and make it do newer things, whereas Sibelius was built on newer code. So right. it just kind of went and did what it was doing. And and I feel like that's that's the difference is like you can't, take a pre-existing system and be like, Oh, we're going to try to, you know, force a square peg in a round hole. It's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta blow the thing up and start from scratch, you know? Um, and I think, I wonder if that's part of why I've always been obsessed with, you know, the idea of the end of the world, because I don't, I don't see it as an ending. I see it as like the, the idea of the rebirth that comes after, you know, because I've my whole life, you know, I feel like, and, and you know, I feel like a lot of kids probably struggle with this, but I've, I've never let it go. I've never, just launched into that, like, well, that's the way the world is. And you just got to do it. Like, I mean, I do it because I have no other option. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I do want to live in, you know, in order to live, you have to eat in order to eat, you have to buy food. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, like I said, like, I I don't even think you can just go like live in the woods. I'll just live in the woods and hunt my own food. It's like, you're on someone's land. Like they're going to have you arrested, you know? So like, you know, that, that I, 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 I always view myself as being like in the world, but not of it, that kind of thing. It's like, yes, while I'm here, I have to participate, but I'm not a, a willing participant in the sense that I'm like, yes, I'm, I vouch for this. This is the way the world needs to function. Like, I don't think this is how it has to work. And I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know how to, how to change the world the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if we were able to start from scratch and say like, no, this is how you do things and think of things in a different way from the beginning, like, I think it could work. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think, and actually that discussion we had about the whole fertile crescent Pangea, I think that, that kind of like, you know, I never really kind of 
like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm bad with history. That's part of it too, is like, I'm not interested in looking backwards and, you know, I want to look forwards. Like that's, you know, like what I said before, I'm not interested in telling humanity's story. I want to tell the story that I think should be told, you know, and it's not real, but it's a myth, you know, and I don't want people to think it's real, but I want it to set an example. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it could, and maybe that's the part of me that's the, the, maybe that's why I come off as a pessimist because I look at the way the world is, as being like bullshit. But it's maybe because there's a part of me that's an optimist, like this is what the world could be. Like, I don't think being an optimist is looking at a shit sandwich and being like, that's a great sandwich. It's it's looking at a shit sandwich and being like, I'm not going to eat this because maybe later on I can have a dinner that's not made of shit. You know, like th- that, you know, that's, that's, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I don't know what optimism means. <laughs> you know, maybe it is looking at a shit sandwich and being like, I should eat this shit sandwich and love it because at least I have a shit sandwich and not no sandwich, you know, which I feel like, I feel like there's always that wrapped up of like, appreciate what you have Mm -hmm. because of this worst significance. So there is there, it's not a productive thing. I think every time it's ever been used by dads in eighties movies, it's, Mm -hmm. it's because it's not, it's, it's not helpful. It's not helping anybody. It's, and that's the thing, the idea of the, they thing also eliminating guilt. The idea of guilt is such a big part of how humans interact with each other. And it be, it is something on which conflict is based because built like guilt becomes aggression and in mm-hmm. that feelings of inadequacy and then turning them on other people. Like that's what guilt does is like, look how gross I am. Well, fuck you for making me feel like I'm gross. Yeah. Like that whole, like, so the idea of them as a concept, but also the idea of guilt of ridicule or feeling being made to feel small mm-hmm. that's also fundamental to that kind of the, the, that thing I, I think um, the big difference too is I, I think you mentioned this and it kind of occurred to me because you said it yeah the idea that if we're starting the society like with the knowledge and technology like yeah, like i think that that's helps. the difference is like evolving from cavemen it's like of course cavemen don't know any better so it's just whatever the fuck happens right and then i feel like that's part of it our whole society is ultimately built on you know oh well what came before it but it's like well how smart were those people you know 10 20 50 years down the line that you know that made one decision that now everything we're doing is built on that decision well maybe that wasn't a good decision we should do something you know go back and rethink from that point you know Oh, and I was yeah, thinking you said the, whole, the, sh- oh, the, the shit right. sandwich analogy. Yeah. Just the idea of like appreciating what there, there's like make hay while the sun is shining. And also like the small moments are the ones that are most significant. That's a different thing. Like, I feel like those are the, like the idea of like life happens and you're either jaded about how life isn't perfect and missing that for that. That's different from, this is a shitty sandwich. It's all you have to eat. So do it while you're grinning. I think that those two concepts, like, and I think that's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's also like we were talking about like overload of information. Like, I feel like I am bombarded with what humans have decided, like what we've honed in on and what the meaning of life for humans is, is that we're never going to achieve all the things that we want to mm-hmm. So we have to enjoy little moments. And I, it's true. I agree with it. And I, but I feel like I found it out and it's just been like, this is the truth about it. Like in in terms of like, people keep saying it, 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And it's interesting where if hearing it and doing it and living it is all of it, you know what I'm saying? Like we, people spend a lot of time thinking about the meaning of life mm-hmm. and if it all it is, is the little moments. And that's all anybody really says is like at the end of your life, what you look back and remember are like small joy moments and those add up to something worthwhile. And so like, it, it's, it's like having, having the notes for the test, but the, it's the test of like the most profound fucked up reality of the universe. And it's like, I have, it's like the 42, the meaning of life is 42. That's meaningless, you know, like it, so it, it, it shifts day to day. So like trying to capture that and understand that about humanity and make a society where they're always living in that. Cause that's what, what we want, right? We want to be present and full of light and creative and joyous and, and songful and, and warm all the time. That that's what, perfect society would be right so like just what what do we remove to get at that what's in the way of that and i think it's what you said like they and guilt and and division and and hierarchy power structure and and i think it's not even about creating a utopia where everyone's happy all the time like there can be disagreements Mm -hmm. just that maybe they're between individuals not groups and it's like well, what group is better and what you know what group is bigger and more powerful it's like like yeah you can you can have a disagreement and you know it has to be settled somehow and maybe i almost wonder and this is this is i'm just throwing in there this hasn't been thought about but maybe the key is that there shouldn't be a system in place for how you have to solve problems maybe each problem should be figured out not only do we have to solve this but how are we going to solve this and not take one, the way you solved one problem and say, okay, this is how this will, this problem will be solved forever for the end of time. Like, no, like, like you have to figure it out in the moment. You have to come to a conclusion. Like there are two people having a conflict. Like, what do you do? There isn't someone who should step in and say, I'm going to tell you two how to solve this problem. Or, you know, I mean, maybe someone can offer advice, be like, Hey, I had a disagreement like this. This is how we solved it. Take it or leave it. I like that a lot. That's, that's, that's lined it up for me better than, than before. Cause then like, cause my whole idea is like, what does this set the precedent for? And that's legal language. That's American legal system language. So that's conditioned thinking the idea that like translation and loss and, and, t- and uh, interpretation of primary text document, like the idea of like the Bible being translated and interpreted or like the, the, uh, Rosetta Stone being like, no, this is just straight translation. But like the idea that I like that, like it slows everything down and it, it, it doesn't put people between the people having the issue. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the same thing. By the time you get to final resolution in justice or in court, how many you've taken 45 people between the conflicting parties, you know, that it, it, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like look what they say about like divorce, how like a lot of times people will want to get a divorce and they want to approach it civil and then the lawyers get involved. And then by the end they fucking hate each other, you know, like what well, if two people thing. just they... decided, Oh, we're not married anymore. Let's go our separate ways. Okay. You know, like done, you know, like why does it have to be like, 
well, marriage is now this legal thing and you got it. It's easy to get into it, but hard to get out of it and blah, 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 blah. You know? And like, well, not the, like maybe creating a space for that in the society where it's like, this is the, the disagreement space. Like it, it's warm. There's a spa, you know, like it's just also <laughs> setting the stage for it. Like maybe it's a ceremonial thing. Like the idea of having a disagreement is not frustrating because it's like, how does this negatively affect me or fuck you? It's, okay, we've reached this. Let's go to this space and talk about it and figure out where we, where, what's going to, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a learning experience, you know, like, like this thing came up, like, I disagree with you. How do we handle this? Like, yeah, like figure out how to handle it and learn how to interact with another human being in a way that you don't have to like, you know, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sue you or I'm going to kick your ass. And, you know, and it's like, you know, and, and I guess, yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't account for things like violence if someone just decides to be violent, but I've also had thoughts like that, like where it's like, you know, I feel like part of the reason why, uh, and, and, and not this is the, the thing, but so say, for example, there's that whole thing of like, you know, say someone like breaks into your house and then, you know, say you have a gun and you shoot them and they, you know, get hurt. And then they turn around and sue you because it's like, oh, well, you, you know, you shot me and now I'm paralyzed, whatever. And now you have to go to court, you know. So I feel like there is a part of like people are I think people are afraid to protect themselves because they think they might have some negative things fall back on them because they were just trying to protect themselves, you know. So it's almost better to be a victim because, you know, the system doesn't always work in your favor in this, in the sense of what's right. right. You know, the fact that there's a, there's a door open where someone who is coming after you and then you're responding in self-defense and then they get hurt. And now they're the one who can play the victim. So it's like, well, why don't I just play the victim? And then I can just be the one to say, well, I'm going to sue you now. Cause I didn't do anything to you, but you did something to me, but you're, you also got away and I, I can't catch you and I don't know where you are. So I also can't have any repercussions but you know where I live because you broke into my house. If you want to sue me, you know where to have the documents delivered to, you know, like, so like, I, whereas I feel like where if things were actually more equal, maybe more people would think, oh, I could go try to assert, you know, my dominance and be violent against this person. But well, wait, how do I know they're not going to be violent against me? And then I have no repercussions against that. You know, like I could end up worse than I started as opposed to like, Hey, if someone, you know, fights back, I'll just sue them. You know, like, right. like, like how, you know, I, I think that there would be more balance because things would be more equal, you know, like it wouldn't, I feel like, you know, the, well, that's the, the thing, like ownership is different, right? Like the idea of like property. That, that's the other thing is like, what is this just an antiseptic cool thing? Because like, I'm also thinking like, it would be really cool if in this society, like the conversation rooms, like the conflict rooms were like televised, like people could watch them. And then like the one person who brings the, the fist to the conversation fight become like, it becomes something and it's yeah. like exciting because it, it galvanizes people. Like I, that my, my brain just went to that narrative of like, Oh, fight club becomes a thing. And just like in this society, cause that, that's, that's the fun, like building it up and knocking it down. Like we've been doing this since kids, like you build the tower, you knock it down. Like that, that's, I I'm, I'm now excited by the little, I'm instead of frustrated by how the little things work. It's like, Ooh, now, now that I see them working better, how do I knock them down better? <laughs> you know, like it's really, I'm, 
I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> and I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think part of my flaw in all this too, is like, I'm also imagining that people in general could be better if they're given a better system. And that's why like part of my system, like I said, is it's all about self-esteem. You right. know, if it's like, if you're just all part of it and, and, and equal doesn't mean the same, you know, like, yes, everybody's a different individual and that's why you still get to be an individual. Again, we're not removing the word I or me, right. we're removing the word them. Like you, you still get to be great at what you do, be a great person, like enjoy who you are as a person. And I think if everybody felt that way, it, it, that's the way to go about it. And I think in the past, the way they go about it is to try to, to try to squash the ego, you know, to try to oppress everybody to some degree, you know, whether it's through religion or through, you know, like laws and class and things like that and salary, you know, and it's like, Oh, if we have a few people who have most of the stuff and a few, and most people don't have hardly any of the stuff, they don't have any power to kind of rise up and, and do anything and cause trouble. But then that just is what pushes people to, to cause violence. You know, I think, I think that's part of it too. Is I feel like a lot of violence comes from the frustration of being told you're a piece of shit your whole life, you know, right. whereas if everybody from the beginning is told like, yeah, like you're, you're all great, you know, and here's another thing too, that's not related. Cause I know, I know a lot of what, what, um, uh, you know, a lot of millennials get a lot of flack for like, Oh, your parents told you, you could do anything you want. And now you're all entitled. And here's one of the things, and I don't, I don't, I, I can't really speak to that either way, but here's an example of, um, what I thought back then, I didn't realize it back then, but I really think now was um, like excellent parenting. And I don't know if this approach is taken, but this is, I think, the way it should be approached. When I was a little kid, I was really into Indiana Jones. And I remember telling my dad, like, I want to be an archaeologist when I grow up. And my dad told me, well, you got to be really good at history if you want to be an archaeologist. And I hated history. So I said, fuck that. I'm not going to be an archaeologist. He didn't tell me I could do whatever I want, but he didn't tell me you can't be an archaeologist because you're not good at history. He gave me the information, the realistic real life information, like the if then scenario. And I made this the decision. And I wonder how many people present things like that. Like, yeah, like right. That it, you're right. It shouldn't be that you can tell your kid you can be anything you want to be, but you've got to be honest with them about what that entails and then leave it up to them to decide, do you want to put, he left the option open to me. If I wanted to get better at history, if I want to be an archeologist bad enough. Now I know what I had to do in order to do that. I have to get good at history. I have to start studying more. And I said, I didn't want to do that. So I'm not angry at my dad for telling me I couldn't be an archeologist. And I'm, you know, Oh, I would have been an archeologist, but I'm also not trying to be an archeologist, even though I don't want to get good at history. You know, and right. then being like, why can't I be an archaeologist? Oh, the world owes me to be it's an archaeologist. It's generative. It gives you options. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's like, it's like clarification or yeah. contextual. It's like an, a, a footnote, an asterisk. It's like, yeah, you, you could, if you want to do it, this, yeah. but this is, this is the information about it. This like, is the road you have to take to get there, you know? Right. And, and it left me open to find what I actually was interested in and what I wanted to work hard at to become a certain thing, you know? So, and so I think, I think that's part of the key is like, you know, yeah, it's not in the society. Tell everybody you can all do whatever you want. It's like, no, like 
you're all going to be good at something, but you're going to be bad at something. And maybe the thing you want to do is something you're bad at. And if that's the case, then you might have to work harder, but it's because you want to achieve this thing that if you want to achieve it bad enough, you will put the work in, or you can take the thing you're good at and work mediocre at that and become that thing. Like that's up to you, you know, but you, you know, you have, you have the tools. It's how hard you want to work, how bad you want the thing, but that's up to you. You can be everything, anything you want to be, no matter what, no consequences, or, you know, you're stupid. You can't do that thing. You know, like, I think that's, that's part of the middle ground is it's not, it's not coddling people, but it's giving them the information to make an informed decision on their own and choose to pursue the path that's going to realistically lead them where they want to be, you know? So I think that's, I think that's, that's part of, yeah, how that should work. Well, yeah. I mean, whether you're a parent in this society or in this, you know, made up post-apocalyptic, post-post-apocalyptic society, you know, like, like, you know, everybody kind of has their place and, and that, that doesn't mean, you know, like the, the, the metropolis thing of the, yeah, like, oh, you know, someone's utopia is built on someone else's dystopia, right? You know, like that, you know, that, that definitely stuck with me. Like, or like you said, the shit sandwich, like that's an overly simplistic view of it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're eating a shit sandwich, but somewhere someone else is having a feast and do they someone deserve is to have shitting in that sandwich? Yeah, that's, that is someone's <laughs> shit that you're eating. So, well, wait, why can't I just eat the food that the person's eating then shit in my sandwich? Like, you know, and, and it, so it's, it's, it's such a bullshit thing to say you should be happy with a, a shit sandwich because like, yeah, no, no human should be made to eat shit. There's enough food that you can eat actual food. If you can produce shit sandwiches for everyone right. means there was enough food to feed everyone prior right. to just that. eat that food instead. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing is they, they, the people who say you should be happy with the shit sandwich want you to be happy. Cause then you, yeah, then you're not asking the question, well, well, who's eating so much that they're shitting in my sandwich and why can't I eat that food? And it's like, oh, well, that's communist to say that you should just have food and not eat the shit, you know? And it's like, or like, like Crystal likes to say, like, you mean to tell me that like the CEO of a company is working 27 billion times harder than the people who are working at the bottom of their system? Like, no, that person is not working that much harder, you know? Like it's not, it's, it's, it's not a fair balanced level system, you know? And well, there was Krista with the final word. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) 